a good week so far. It's good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, continuing our study here of 2 Peter. It's our fourth uh, lesson here. We're only going to read uh, three verses tonight. Make that four. Four verses. We'll read verses 12 uh, through 15. 2 Peter 1, uh, verse 12 through 15. Peter says, Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these sayings, though you know them, and be established in the presence of truth. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. The title of this lesson tonight is Putting You in Remembrance. Putting You in Remembrance. Let's pray again. Father, help us tonight as we come to this short lesson this evening, and I pray that, uh, Lord, that we would see, uh, Lord, the, the heart and the desire of Peter, Lord, to minister the truth unto the people that he's writing to and the desire that he had uh, that they would be established in the truth and that they would have these things after he had passed on to be with you. How important that was to him, Lord, that they be established in the truth. And so he reminded them continually of it. Help us, Lord, to understand that is uh, our goal. That should be our desire, Lord, is to pass down the truth to those we leave behind. In Jesus' name, and amen. All right, in our last lesson, um, we've seen how that Peter had stated in verse 9, he he said that, uh, taught us that the reason that some Christians were not growing spiritually was because they had, what? They had forgotten. They'd forgotten that they'd been purged from their old sins. Spiritual growth is founded in the gospel of Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for us on the cross. It is foundational uh, to our spiritual growth. And and they were going about life like they had just forgotten it. And and so he reminded them of that. A lack of spiritual growth shows that we're not living in the power and reality of the gospel and what Christ has done. They lost focus of the gospel and what Christ had done to forgive them of their sins. Now, he stated that if they did not lose sight of this, and they had not forgotten, he said that they would continue to grow, because that's where growth comes from. And if they grew like they ought, he taught them two things there in verse 10 and 11. If they grew as they ought, that it would, one, keep them from falling in verse 10. It protects you from temptation and from going into the world, right? It keeps you from falling, and two... He taught them in verse 11 that they would receive an abundant entrance there into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we stated that that we believe, or at least I believe, that that abundant entrance is being able to stand before the Lord and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's an abundant entrance. Now let us move on here uh, in verse 12. 
So after he has taught them so many things already in the first 11 verses, he says, Wherefore, wherefore, why is it therefore, right? Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. You see, because Peter wanted them to grow spiritually and to experience that abundant entrance, okay, he says that that is why he would not be negligent to keep them always in remembrance of these things. It ought to be the true desire of every man of God that ministers the Word of God to God's people, uh, for, for the people he ministers to, that they may grow spiritually and to be faithful and ready to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Peter had that in mind. He thought about that abundant entrance, that time in which they would stand before the Lord, and, and he wanted them to be ready for that. And the men of God that are called to preach the Word of God, they had that always in their mind. Peter knew that it was his duty before God to help them to grow spiritually, to be ready to stand before the Lord, and, and so therefore he would not be negligent uh, in reminding them of the Word of God that he had taught them. That word negligent in verse 12 speaks of being careless, heedless, apt or accustomed to omit what ought to be done inattentive to business or necessary concerns. I mean, so he doesn't want to be negligent. He says, so I'm, I'm not going to be negligent. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not going to omit. He's going to teach the counsel of God. And, uh, and that's the way every man of God should be. As I look at what Peter says in this passage, I too am reminded of the serious nature of my business and uh, as I seek to prepare souls to stand before the Lord. I mean, that's, that's a serious calling. Serious calling. Hebrews says in thirteen seventeen, Obey them who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. Folks, there's nothing more serious than that. Watch out for your souls. As those who must give account. That's serious business. And believe me, there's been many times I've read things like that and thought about that, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Many times. And then I'm on the other side of it, and I'm like, then if I don't do what God told me to do, then I'm, you know, don't want to do that either. So, <laughs> and so, you, you know, that do what God told me to do, and it's a serious, serious thing. I will give account for what I've taught, but however, you will also give account for how you heard and how you obeyed. Romans 14, 12 says, So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. I'll give an account of the things I've taught. You'll give an account to how you heard and how, how you obeyed. I need to not be negligent in my teaching of the Word, and you cannot be negligent in your obedience to it. Seek to grow spiritually from the Word taught and walk in it and be faithful. Finish your course well that you might experience that abundant entrance. Folks, he isn't talking about being extra saved here, okay? It's, just, it's foolish to even think. He's not talking about, well, you'll be, you're saved and you're saved more. He's not talking about it. He's talking about reward. He's talking about stand before the Lord. He's talking to saved people. And boy, I want to be faithful, you know, when you stand before the Lord. But notice here he says this in verse 12. He said, wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance. So there's a continuation there. True biblical ministry of the Word, it's, it's a continuation, always. But he says, always in remembrance. You know, much of the ministry 
is about reminding the people of God sometimes about what they already know. Peter was concerned about what they would what? Forget. So they already knew it, but he's afraid they would forget it. Um, so he was going to put them in remembrance. There are many in the past, and we've seen it in Christianity, and we've seen this, that they desired something new. You know, they wanted, they wanted to be more appealing to the culture. Um, they wanted to be different. Cutting edge. Fresh experience. They want to hear something new. Peter said that he was committed to not be negligent to repeat what he'd already been telling them. <laughs> Saying it over and over and over again. Why? Because we are forgetful creatures. Forgetful creatures. I mean, just think about one aspect of something we already know. We, we understand and we believe, we may not understand it, but we, under, we believe in the, in the sovereignty of God. We, we believe that. We know so. But how many times, that, I mean, we've not heard that for a while, but then all of a sudden something happens, and, and boy, we, somebody reminds us of that precious truth, and we're like, yeah! It's like it comes back to you again, you know? We need reminded. We are forgetful people that constantly need reminded of what we already know. Shoot, I can't even remember what my wife tells me to go get to the store, you know? If she, I've got this rule, like if she gives me over two things... You have to send me a text, you know, because if it's over, t- I can re- I feel like I can remember two things and want to go to the store. Sometimes I, I don't, but most of the time I can remember two things, and so I know I'm forgetful. And you know, we need constantly reminded. And you know, it's, the, some of the same truths are all throughout the Word of God. Why? Because we need to read it over and over and over again. It's just said a little different here than it is here, but it's said over and over and over again. But so much of the ministry is about reminding people of what they already know. I like what Albert Barnes said about this. I thought it was good. He said this. He said, It was of of importance for Peter, as it is for ministers of the gospel now, to bring known truths to remembrance. Men are liable to forget them, and they do not exert the influence over them which they ought. It is the office of the ministry not only to impart to a people truths which they did not know before, but a large part of their work is to bring to recollection well-known truths and to seek that they may exert a proper influence on the life. Amidst the cares, the business, the amusements, and the temptations of the world, even true Christians are prone to forget them. And the ministers of the gospel render them an essential service even if they should do nothing more than remind them of the truths which are well understood and which they have known before. A pastor, in order to be useful, need not always aim at originality or deem it necessary always to present truths which they have never heard of before. He renders an essential service to mankind who reminds them of what they know but are prone to forget and who endeavors to impress plain and familiar truths on the heart and conscience for these truths are most important for man. You ever heard that quote before? Yeah, me neither. I thought that was funny. He says, you may be what? But what did, what did he want to remind them of? Remembrance of these things, that you may know them and be established what? In the present truth. 
Like, so he's writing to people that he believed that were established, that, that had the present truth, and he needed to keep reminding them of that, established in the truth. You know, I don't think that we need a list of, you know, 10 or 12 things as preached, you know, put them on rotation and preach them, you know, one service after another, you know. But there's times we have to be reminded of them. And when, when they jump out of the pages as we're preaching through the Word of God, there's so many things that we need to remind ourselves of that are uh, so foundational. Um, but he said, established in the truth. Peter knew that by reminding them of these things, they would be established in what they already knew. But they had to be reminded Say, well, we already know that, but we, might, we need reminded of it from time to time. The word established speaks of being set, firmly fixed, founded, and confirmed. We need reminded of the truth we already know. Well, so many times we take things for granted, and we need reminded of those things. Like I said, many in Christianity want something new, but it is often the truth that we already know that is so vital in helping our spiritual growth and helping us whenever we need counseled. I found in counseling people, a lot of times I'm, I'm teaching them the very basic things that, that most Christians should already know, but I'm reminding them a lot of times of what they already know. I'm just teaching them to, to look to that. Remember that Peter's main purpose in this letter is what? We, we, we said it for three messages in a row. We said it was that they might grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ so that they would not be fooled by falsehood. He talks about that in chapter 2. And so that they would be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ in chapter 3. So they need to grow. So be, to be established in the present truth that they already knew for them to have that, Peter knew that he needed to constantly remind them. Repetition is a great teacher. When you hear something over and over and over again, you learn it. You want to learn how to do something, you do it over and over and over again. It's the same way in hearing. We, we can't just hear something, you know, one time. And uh, sometimes it does help to hear it a little different way. Uh, that can be a little aggravating sometimes, that, you know, whenever you, I don't know how many times I have taught something. Uh, I know I've said it over and over, and then a guest preacher comes in, and he says the exact same thing that I know I've been saying for the last six months, and then he says it, and somebody goes out and says, man, we never heard that before. And like, you got to be kidding me. But you know what? I did notice he said it a little different than I said it. <laughs> you know, we just, sometimes we need repetition, but sometimes we need to say it a little different way. It's kind of like learning algebra. You know, some people, they have certain teachers that, 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 try to teach them, they have a certain way of teaching it, and all, they can't get it, they just get a different teacher that just teaches a little different way, and then oh, it clicks, and they get it. It's like that with a lot of things. It just takes us a while sometimes, or it takes a little different way of saying it sometimes, for it to, to, for it to finally click. But repetition and teaching it over and saying it different, saying the same truth in a different way. We must do things over and over so it becomes second nature to us. And we need to hear things over and over so that it becomes nature, second nature to us. When you do something over and over, you remember it. When you hear something over and over, you remember it. And when you are accustomed to doing something a certain way because you've done it over and over, it's hard to do it a different way, isn't it? I know there were, there were some practices, you know, that I had. Um, I only did electric, electricity work you know, for three years, you know. Um, that's all I knew. 
you know, if our electricity worked, it was three years, my, what my cousin taught me. So I only knew one way of doing things. That's it. And so I came up, I worked a few times with Dave, and Dave had a different way of doing things. You know, I'm like, I was hard to, it's hard to change. Once you've been taught something a certain way, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, do something a different way. And, and, and you kind of resist that. You know, I don't want to, this is the way I'm comfortable. This is what I know, you know. Well, you think about that in a spiritual sense. I mean, when, you, when you've heard some, the truth over and over and over again, and all of a sudden you hear something different, you're like, hey, that's different. That's different. Hearing something over and over again, being established in the truth, firm in the truth, confirmed in the truth, will prepare you for when you hear something that is not truth to resist it. When we've heard the truth over and over and know it well, we will tend to resist the false when we hear it. We will identify it. We need to be so well established and founded in the truth so that when something false comes along and tries to build on that, we'll look at it and say, that, doesn't, that does not fit. I know this truth right here. I mean, it's well established in the Word of God. That doesn't match up with this. And you identify it. It protects you from false teachings. Verse 13, let us move on here. He says, as long as I'm in this tabernacle. You know, Peter knew that his purpose in life, he knew what it was, and he was also committed to that purpose alone as he lived. So long as I'm in this tabernacle. In his few verses, we see that he references his life and dying a few times. Notice how many times he mentions it. He states it here in verse 13. In verse 14, he mentions that he must shortly put off his tabernacle, meaning his earthly body. In verse 15, he speaks of his decease. Peter had it revealed to him by the Lord that he would not be long before he died, according to verse 14. The Lord had obviously revealed that to him. So knowing that his death is soon, he wanted to make sure that even after he died, that they would remember the truth that he had already taught them. You see that? He wanted them to know that after he was gone, they would still have it. Maybe able, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. He said, he said, I want to get you so well established in the truth, remind you so much of the truth, so that after I'm gone, you can't forget it. You can't forget it. You'll always think about it. Be thankful for that. For people that taught you truth, and though they may not be around you, but you remember. You remember what they taught. It was important to Peter that, they, that he repeated it so much while he lived so that after he died, they still couldn't forget it. Peter was not concerned that they would remember him. He was concerned that they would remember the truth that he taught them. He's going to tell them later, as I mentioned in chapter 2, that there would be some who would bring in heresies among them. So he wanted them to be established in the truth so that even after his departure that it would protect them from that. Peter knew that he would not be around forever to help them to identify the false prophets. So he wanted them to be established in the truth. Now Peter lived to relay and remind people of the truth. And so long as he was living, he would constantly remind them of it. Can you see a sense of, of, of urgency in, in Peter's words in verses you know, 12 uh, down to verse 15. I mean, he's about to die. I'm about to leave. I'm about to go. The Lord's about to take me. I'm going to remind you so that you're able to 
remember these things after I'm gone. Or there's a sense of urgency. I have no doubt that, that really that after Peter died, you, you can imagine how precious this letter would be to the saints of God. Can you imagine? Imagine just a little bit. I, I can imagine after, after Peter died that some would take up this last letter that Peter wrote and say, Look! Look! You know, Peter, this wasn't long before Peter died. Look what he wrote. Look, some may say, here's a last letter he wrote before he died. Let us see what the man of God who walked with Jesus, served Jesus, said to us in his last days. Let's read it. So what does he tell them about? He's lived some time upon this earth, walked with Jesus, done great missionary work. Well, it's no new revelation from Peter that they hear. He says, I want to tell you the same things I've been telling you. <laughs> you need to be reminded of the truth that you already know. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know, the last words of a person can be so special, can't they? They're so special. To those who are left behind, I think many of us can remember some of the last words that, that people have spoke to us before they went to be with the Lord or passed over. I, I remember the last words of my father. He was uh, talking about death, and, uh, and he'd woke up out of a coma, and he said, it is beautiful. I can't forget that. Can't forget, and, it, and it impacts you. It carries weight. The last words of a person dying does. We find out what people cherish, what they think about, what they value, what they want to leave behind, what they want us to realize, what they want us to know, what they want us to know. Now, in no way do I desire to give the impression that any of the words of Jesus are not important, but don't you love the last words? <laughs> oh, I love the last words of Jesus when He was on this earth. It is finished. Whew. That's some of the best words right there Jesus spoke. If I, if I can put any value. I, I hate doing that, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, because everything about the life of Jesus was up to that point to where he would finally say that. Everything. Everything he was about was so that one day he could say that. Every prophecy he fulfilled, he did it. So one day, while on the cross, as he's getting ready to die, he could say, it is finished. All Scripture must be Fulfilled. Everything of the Father's will must be done. It is finished. I mean, speaks volumes. Volumes. How many times have preachers preached the gospel and included those words and they come with power and meaning? What joy and what contentment and peace those, those words can bring. What release from stress. What release from trying to appease God's law. All the life of Jesus was about fulfilling all that He was sent here to do so that He could one day cry out, It is finished. Now I say that to remind us of all this, that Peter is going to die soon. Peter wants them to get it. He wants them to know how important it is that they just be established in what they already knew. Don't be chasing about the, the new uh, uh, prophets that's going to show up, the false prophets. Don't be going after that. Don't be going after the new teachings that's saying Jesus isn't going to come back, as he talks about in chapter 3. So what kind of things does this dying apostle want them to know? 
We want them to be reminded of the truth. He wanted them to grow spiritually, right? He spoke of the precious faith, of the righteousness of God already, of the deity of Christ, of the indwelling of the Spirit, of bearing fruit, of the price of Calvary, of the time we stand before the Lord. He talked about all those things all the way up to verse 12 that we looked at in the last three weeks. That's a mouthful. But those are the things that were important to the apostle. And lastly, he says, by way of remembrance to, he said, he said to uh, verse 13, to stir you up. Stir you up. That phrase, stir you up, is, is used twice. And it's, where it's translated, arose. Stir you up is translated, arose. In John six eighteen, where it says, And the sea arose by reason of, a great, of the great wind that blew. What the wind did to the sea is what Peter wanted to do to them. What the wind did to the sea is what Peter wanted to do to them. He wanted to stir them up like the wind would the water. He wanted them to become alert, awake, and arise. We as Christians are prone to sleep and to slumber spiritually. He wanted to bring the truth to the surface of their mind. This stirring up of the truth in them reminds me of how you might stir something up that's kind of settled to the bottom. I'm actually going to talk about that a little bit on Sunday because we're called to stir one another up in a good way. But it reminds me of that, how that you have something that, that in, in, in a glass or whatever and it settles to the bottom. And it's not evenly distributed. And so you, you stir it up. We, sometimes we need stirred up of the things we already know and they just kind of lay dormant and they settled within us and we need to be revived to them. We need the truth that is in us to be stirred. It does not need to lie dormant. It needs to be awakened. Ask yourself some questions tonight. What is our desire in this life? What is our purpose? What do we want people to remember after we are gone? Are we living to make the truth known and reminding people of it? Are we committed to live in a way that when people think of us after we are gone, they'll be reminded of the truth that we held to? That's what I want. Oh, sure, I'd like for you to have some pleasant memories of me, you know. But what I want you to know more than anything, you might forget everything about me. Remember the truth that is taught. Peter teaches them in verse 15 that he would endeavor to teach them in such a way that even after his decease, they would have the truth he taught them in remembrance. Are we leaving a legacy behind us that tells others how important the truth was to us and how important it was for us that they knew it after we are gone? The word endeavor is the same word that he uses earlier where it's translated diligence in verse 10. Peter would be diligent in this matter of reminding them of the truth. And when we know that we're coming closer to the end of our life, what, what's, going to, what's going to be some of the last things we want people to know? What do we want them to remember? What do, they want, what do we want them to remember about us? The main thing I would want people to remember about me is the truth that I preached and taught and held to. What do we want our children to remember after we are gone? Hopefully the truth that we sought to instill in them. 
What is the most important thing you want to make sure you pass down to the generation you leave behind? Hopefully, it is truth. It was the truth that he was reminding them of that would protect them from false prophets and scoffers that would one day come. Are we preparing those who will one day we may have to leave behind? Let's pass down the truth. Constantly putting ourselves and others in remembrance. Father, I pray that your work of your word tonight help us to have the desire of Peter to uh, pass down your truth, Lord, to the generation coming up behind us and help us to have the diligence, uh, the desire, Lord, the heart and passion uh, that Peter had. Help us to be established in the truth ourselves, to study it, to know it, to rightly divide the word of truth and and to impart truth and teach truth unto others so that they might have it to stand upon in their life, that it might protect them from falsehood. Father, I pray that you'd protect us as a church, that we would be the pillar and ground of the truth. Lord, that we might stand firmly upon it and uphold it, Lord. Father, help us to be faithful and true like you are. In Jesus' name, amen.